Hey, I'm Krista. And I'm Justin. And we're here to give you the confidence and money tactics you need to live life on your own terms. Krista, episode two, we made it. (laughs) What's up? We're here. So we covered soundcheck in episode one, really talked about the basics of banking and gave a structure for the tour ahead. Let's start this tour off and bring in the opening act. And before we, we talk about account types and the different account types that you need, let me ask you a question about music itself, actually. Oh, okay. Shoot. <laughs> Openers. Do you typically go and watch the opening acts? Absolutely. I love openers. I've learned about like so much cool new music from openers. Um, And actually, recent story, I went to a show and liked the opener better than the main act, which was, uh, I wasn't expecting that, but. Hmm. And you went for the main act? So I went for the main act, actually. Wow. I didn't know the main act that well. So going into it, like I went because friends were going. It was actually a Phoebe Bridgers concert. Mm -hmm. She was great. I'm not saying anything against her, uh, but her opening act was Muna. And I didn't know that group at all, but they just rocked it. Really? Oh man. Yeah. It's a three person band, but they also had a bassist and drummer with them. So it was like a full band when I saw them just really cool, you know, pop, um, kind of new age rock sound. It was, it was very energetic and Phoebe definitely has a slower kind of singer songwriter vibe. And I think just for for my personal music taste, I was like rocking out during Muna and then Phoebe <laughs> came on. I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> how'd you end up going to the show? I, it doesn't sound like you were the one that decided to buy tickets. No, actually. So this was probably a month and a half ago. Um, my girlfriend's sisters got tickets for it and we were all going to go together. It's kind of like, a, hey, do you want to go? It's like, yeah, absolutely. I haven't been to a concert in forever. So did you go to any, yeah. you know, before before that? What, what was no, your COVID so, stance on it? Was that no, your first so, COVID show? Yeah. First COVID show. Actually, my very last concert was Valentine's Day of 2020. Um, it was a galactic concert, the mm. 930 Club. Mm-hmm. A really cool old school instrumental only jazz type band, jazz funk band. But they had a singer with them. And they also had a rapper touring with them. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So that was my last concert. And then kicked it off with Muna, the opener, who absolutely well, crushed it. Congrats. Welcome back to music. I've been, I've been <laughs> yeah, on what a about you? binger, dude. I've been on a binger the last uh, few months. So I don't think I went to a show for probably the first year of COVID, this new COVID world. And then yeah. um, I just couldn't wait to finally get to a music festival, big music festival fan. Um, I think I went, I went to Bonnaroo 2017. And since then I've done like a dozen um, plus music festivals. They're like the best thing ever. So I kicked off three, top three music festivals. Bonnaroo has always got to have a place in my heart because it was first one I went to plus the vibe in general. I've done life is beautiful in Vegas twice. And I love being in old town Vegas with like this kind of retro theme, um, but with the festival vibe brought into it. Third, I went to ACL, um, Austin city limits this fall, which was cool. A giant festival, but I 
feel like we need to circle back around on that on a future episode. Cause I feel like I could probably give you a little bit better answer. I'm going okay. to Cancun okay. on Wednesday for electric zoo. So there, oh my gosh, there's epic. probably going to be a new, uh, a new top three there. I'm guessing <laughs> reorder those around a little bit. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I cut you off though. So you got into shows about few months ago. Oh yeah. yeah. So that I kicked off, I kicked off festival season in September. I did uh, a small festival here called blended in Austin. Um, one weekend next weekend, I went to life is beautiful in Vegas. And then there was a break weekend in there. And then the following weekend I went to ACL. So I did four. Okay. I like took a hiatus of, from music for a long time. And then I did four festivals and a mat or three festivals in a matter of four weeks, which was just a little bit too much to be that's honest. A, that's a welcome back. That's a, <laughs> a big welcome back to music. I know nothing that's says awesome. hello, like eight days of music, like eight hour, eight, eight hour days of music. Just <sighs> insane. <laughs> One last question for you then. So yeah. did you have any experiences where like the openers were, or I guess the smaller acts just blew the bigger acts out of the park? Yeah, I, it's always hard because the, uh, you know, the main event, the energy's there, the production quality is there. So it's really hard, I feel, feel like, for an opener to do better than um, uh, than the actual main event. I did see the script open for One Republic, I don't know, four or five years ago. Okay. And I love the script. So that would probably okay. be like the toughest one, but I also love One Republic too. <laughs> that was probably like one of the like, like most competing ones. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. So you ready to get into account types and really kind of lay a framework for what the different accounts you need and what might be the function of each? Yeah, absolutely. I know there's some stuff in here that I was pretty fuzzy about. So I'm really excited to get into the weeds a little bit on some of these different places to keep your money. Yeah. So I think people understand, and, and most people I'm assuming have a checking and a savings account. But just for sake of clarification here, what's the purpose of a checking account versus a savings account? So that's a really good question um, because, yeah, a lot of people have both. Some people only have checking, um, which if you're in that boat, we'll, we'll get into some advantages of other types as well. But you, what you really need to know is that checking accounts are pretty much for spending. So you put your, your money in there. Um, your money goes out of there to pay everyday expenses, right? Uh, monthly expenses, bills, stuff you're, you're spending on all the time. So it's really like the middleman between money coming in and money going out. This is the account where you're going to get checks. You're going to get a debit card. Um, you're going to have quick access to that money whenever you need it. Mm -hmm. Whereas the savings accounts, so um, savings accounts are really meant for saving, so some benefits of this account is you're going to get a slightly higher interest rate on the money you keep in there. Whereas with a checking account, you're really not making any money mm -hmm. on the money you have in that account, right? Because it's just money coming in, money going out every month for bills. Um, but the, on the flip side, when you have a savings account, um, one important thing to note is since it is geared towards savings, you're usually not going to have anything like a check or a debit card for that account. Because um, it's it's typically an account where you keep money for a longer period of time, maybe a year or you know up to a few years. Anything that you're not investing, you're going to put in that savings account. Yeah, that's that's my strategy as well. So money in, money out for my checking account. So my paycheck hits there, and I pay all my bills out of my checking account as well. Actually, I pay everything I can off my credit card unless there is some kind of fee associated with that, just so I can pick up the cash rewards points. But 
everything that I can't pay with credit card comes out of my checking account. So utilities and rent and, and the whatnot. Um, and then I use savings accounts for short-term savings. For me, I'll define that as less than three years. Um, okay. I think everybody kind of has that somewhere between two and five year range whenever I'm reading personal finance and they're talking about what's the cutoff between savings and investing and um, really kind of coming down to the predictability of that money in X amount of years. So if you are looking gotcha. to use money for the near term on maybe a down payment or um, you know a car or a new computer, might be better to place that money in a savings account versus using it to invest in potentially being down 30% or something in the near future, knowing that over the long run, I think we're both major fans of investing over the long run Absolutely. as well. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm not saying no to that, but there are a few other account options out there as well. But do you feel like we have a good understanding on checking versus savings? I feel like I've got a pretty good understanding, but I have one more question for you. Yeah. Um, how so when I think about my checking account, I've got checking and I've got savings and I've actually got them in separate accounts. And I tend to keep a little more in my checking than maybe I need to sometimes. What's that mean? I feel so let's say, you know, I, I know what my monthly expenses are. Okay. Give us a number. I'm, monthly expenses number, probably around two thousand a month. Okay. And I probably keep two or three times that in my checking account. Okay. And, you know, I move money periodically into my savings, but I'm not moving all of it every month into my savings. Like for some reason, I've, I've almost got my money half and half, like half in checking and half in savings. And how does it get to the savings account? Do you eventually move it over or do you, it does, how does money hit your savings? Yeah. So about, you know, every two to three to four months I go in and I say, Oh, like this is probably more than needs to be in this checking account. And then I just, um, bulk deposit like you're at like eight bit. or $9,000 in your checking exactly. account. And you're like, okay, let's move $4,000 over to savings because you're trying to create some equilibrium there. <laughs> exactly. Cause I, I get unbalanced and sometimes I'm like, oh, I've got more in my checking account than I have in my savings account. And then I've got more in my savings account than I probably need. And I feel like I'm just behind sometimes on figuring out that balance. So do you, you have, have any like, guide? do you have a predictable income? Yes. Yes. Um, have you thought about using automatic transfers or do you have automatic transfers for your account? I have automatic transfers into my investing accounts, but I haven't put that framework in yet for okay. checking to savings. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm berating you, but I, I don't do it either. Actually, <laughs> I do monthly um, transfers. So I reconcile okay. at the end of every month. I have um, one and a half monthly expenses in my checking account. So for easy sake, let's call it like you $2,000. So I keep $3,000 in my checking accounts. Okay. I typically, typically feel pretty good about that because usually when I'm reconciling my rent already hit. Um, so I know I only have one rent plus all the other ancillary expenses that come out of my checking account after that. Okay. And I know I'm going to circle back around to my account. Plus I have um, low balance alerts set up as well, which we'll get into in, in future episodes right, Okay, there as well. Um, and then I have two, I have three months of emergency fund set aside in my savings account and then everything else I have in, in, in my investment accounts right now. So okay. I, any given day, you could probably say I have $3,000 in my checking, probably 
$4,500 in my savings for $8,000 between the two. And then everything else, everything above and beyond that, I end up putting into my um, investment accounts. And I'd make those transactions and level those accounts every single month. Got it. So what day of the month do you tend to do that? Like Uh, set day or second or third, second or third. Yeah. I have a recurring calendar invite um, just to reconcile my expenses. I would say it usually happens a day or two after that calendar invite. Um, I see it, but I just put it on my to-do list as, you know, reconcile October expenses. And I also like to give it one or two more days just in case, you know, there's like hanging transactions out there. Yeah. Yeah, That so, and rent being one of them, I just want to make sure that goes through. Okay. And then I want the credit, the credit card transaction fees to go through in case there's like, sometimes it show it posts as like the bill, but it doesn't include tip until it's actually like the transactions completed. So when I'm completing my expenses, um, it's just nice to know like three days later that they're all true. That totally makes sense. So it's, it sounds like you're on a pretty good schedule and I know like I like doing it all myself. Like I'd like knowing, I kind of like the manual transfer process because it makes me think about it. And I mean, you know this, but I'm a total personal finance nerd. So like, I like logging into the account and, and seeing everything and moving it. But I feel like I just, I've fallen off a little bit in terms of getting a consistent schedule. Yeah. I think it will be, this will be a really fascinating conversation for a future tour. We'll probably do something around cash flow management management. Once we set out banking, then we go backwards and do budgeting. Um, and then we also cover investments, linking the three together in some kind of cash flow conversation. Um, I think we'll cover this topic in particular, but let's get back on track and go back to other account options that are out there. So we discussed in episode one that we weren't really going to talk about lending. So I'll stick away from mortgages or credit card debt or anything like that related I really want to stick on these four account options that we laid out for banking. We covered checking, we covered savings. Now there's these other two, money market and CD. I know we both needed a little bit of clarity on this and we did some research. I was a user of CDs. um, I don't know, maybe 10 or 15 years ago, whenever I first set up banking and I had some extra cash and I needed something to do with my money for, you know, a year or two. Did you ever use a CD or money market account in, in the past? No, I've, I've never used it, but I've always heard the term CD thrown around quite a bit, especially from like some older relatives who have used them in the past and have had success, but it was never something I explored. And I think for me, like I felt like it locked my money up, even though I really didn't know much about them. I knew it was one of those things. Like you put it in a CD, you can't get it out. And that was just what I had in my head. So yeah. Um, I mean, what, what do you think, what, what was your experience with them? Like, what do you think about them? Yeah. I think when I was using them, they were relevant. I okay. believe, or I feel like their relevancy is quickly deteriorating. Um, we talked about online banks in episode one, online banks have become really competitive with both money market accounts and CDs because they have blown up what is now called, um, high interest savings accounts or high yield savings accounts. You'll see HYSA um, referred more times than not. And if you're interested in those, it's your Google search away from, you know, highest, you know, or best HYSAs out there. The rates change all the time. So I think NerdWallet <laughs> posts every month the top uh, HYSAs. Have you seen that on their website before? Not on NerdWallet, but I know when I was looking for my ally or my savings account, I did a similar search. I think I did it through Bankrate. 
And Ally at the time was the highest. And that's why I picked it. (laughs) They, they seem to be on the top 10, like month after month. So I would recommend that being maybe somebody's first stop in the research or exploration stage of this, because I know they're highly touted. We're both huge. I will teach you to be rich fans and Ramit mentions Ally a handful of times in the good way. Uh, not in the Wells Fargo way, but <laughs> like in the <laughs> Ramit approves way. But to give some frame of reference around money markets and CDs, they're both typically touted as higher interest bearing accounts than checking and savings. A lot of checking accounts actually don't incur any interest whatsoever, but you can ask if it's interest bearing or not for your checking account. Even if it is, it's probably relatively small. And I've honestly, relatively small right now is everything in the banking world. Um, I haven't seen a whole lot that's like 1% or more. Um, Let's call right now, maybe savings accounts having a half a percentage point. So money market accounts and CDs, I've seen anywhere from like a half to maybe a little over 1% right now. And we're recording this on November 8th. Um, So I don't want that to (laughs) to be the nail in my coffin. If you're listening to this like 18 months later or something that the whole world could be a lot different, just the, the pace that interest change. But as you were mentioning CDs, there are pros and cons, um, higher interest bearing, and you're locking in a rate over a fixed period of time, but you're trading that those, pro- those pros with locking in the interest rate over <laughs> a, a, a fixed amount of time. You know, In this kind of world, we're probably going up right now with interest rates. It can't get too much lower. Um, so that might be something to consider. Plus, you are also locking that money in. And if you want to access that money, you're going to have to pay a penalty. And some of the penalties are pretty steep, like really? 10% or some kind of significant flat fee for the um, account itself. So is you know a half a percentage point on $5,000 worth tying up your money for two and a half, three years? I don't know. I, it seems like yeah. I said, it's and this time doesn't make as much sense to me right now, but in the past and or in the future might be a good option to explore. You know, and you just reminded me of a point. I know we're going to save cash flow for a, a future tour, but I just had the thought, I mean, if you're going to lock up your money anyway for a set amount of time, you can most likely make a lot more in the stock market and investing in other avenues. So yeah. the more we talk, the more, at least for me, a CD just doesn't really ever sound like a viable option. Sure. Um, and then there's, you know, even, um, treasury bonds or something out there that might be a better option for you. And you could sell and access that money if you really need to money market accounts seem to be a compromise between the two might be a little bit more interest bearing than a savings account. They tend to make more money for the banks itself. Cause what I understand is the regulation on where you can, where the banks can use that money or the money that that you set aside in that money market account is a little bit more flexible. So I was I was reading that they're permitted to invest in CDs, government securities, commercial paper, which savings accounts can't do. So once again, the banks might have some higher upside on where they can invest their money. Therefore, they make a little bit more, more money. Therefore, they can offer their customers a little bit more money. But then there's like all these disadvantages of money market accounts as well. Like there's a limited amount of transactions that you can make on that account. There's sometimes fees that are included or you know, large minimum balance requirements that you have to meet. So once again, for me, I just feel like money market accounts and CDs are just 
not as relevant of products that I'm or accounts that I'm interested in utilizing today. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Cause you know, as we've talked about this more, it's really important for me. I, I know I've expressed this for flexibility in my own accounts, um, the ease of moving money back and forth and having access to it if I need to. I um, mean, it, it definitely sounds like both money market and CD accounts, you're really losing out on flexibility when you could potentially get a little bit higher interest. Like I was just looking up my alley account right now is at 0.5 or yeah, point half a percent. Um, sorry, getting numbers tangled in my head. Mm-hmm. I'm at half a percent with Ally. You might get um, 0.6% in a money market account, but is that 0.1% difference really worth it if I'm going to have fees if I try to move it? For me, it's not. So I think you made a, a really good point there. Yeah, because what, on $10,000, that would be 10 bucks annual <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> for another 0.1%? Well, when you say it like that, yeah. Yeah. Like that's insane. <laughs> yeah. So, but still, once again, worth optimizing or at least having somewhere to park. I, I think the more important aspect is having a checking and a savings account and yeah. not letting a large sum of money sit idle in a checking account without at least having some kind of interest bearing um, aspect to it. I personally don't tie too much of my money up in either one of those because inflation right now is way out, way outpacing a um, half a percentage point, which is what your high yield savings account is currently yeah. offering. My U S bank account is not offering anywhere close to that. So I try to get as much of my money out of there, but also having enough of an emergency fund there. If something did happen, I don't have to withdraw that from one of my investment accounts, either on the retirement account side and taking a penalty or short-term, um, fee on that. And then even on my brokerage account where I could take it out anytime, not, not incurring short-term capital gains or long-term capital gains there as well. Yeah, that totally makes sense. So here's one contentious piece to it that I think you and I at least have some differing view on after deciding what accounts you really need access to. I think the next big question to ask yourself is where do do you want those accounts to sit in different banks? And I think your primary, um, if I were to argue your side, the primary benefit to that is that you can maximize the benefits of both. So you could have maybe the robust um, checking account features of like a Charles Schwab while getting the interest, um, high high yield savings um, interest from an ally. Did I articulate that well for you? Yes, you articulated it well. So in my head, there's always the numbers game, right? So if I'm just looking at the numbers, it definitely makes sense for me to keep more of my money in the ally than the Schwab. Because actually the Schwab account, it is interest bearing, but it's it's very low. I think it's like 0.01%, mm-hmm. but it's still something. But there's another aspect of it that is really important to me. I mean, I, I know people flip-flop back and forth on this, but I actually like that it's two separate companies. Um, I know we talked about how I can do a better job of transferring my checking into my savings, right? And getting on a a recurring schedule there. But for me, I like that in a way, my ally account account is more off limits than my Charles Schwab account, Hmm. right? Like I can't set up any, I don't have any like overdraft protection. For example, if my Schwab account is running low, it's not going to automatically pull from my savings, like is possible if your accounts are connected. 
So for me, I think mentally, I like that they're separated out. It forces me to think about that money a little differently than I think I would if it was all in the one account, all in one view when I logged in for my checkings. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Really quick, we want to tell you about our email newsletter. Hey, Justin, are you ready to jam? I'm always ready to jam. What are we playing? Well, that depends on the month. In our monthly jam newsletter, I share with you a few of my favorite financial resources, as well as my top songs from the month. Oh, heck yeah. Money and music? Two of my favorite things. Where do I sign up? There's a sign up link in this podcast description, and there's also one in each episode. Wait, there is? Yeah. Head over to readytoroth.com to sign up for the newsletter so that you can jam with us each month. Now back to the episode. So if I were to argue my side now, <laughs> I see it. I see that exact same feature as a con. So okay. the lag between transfers, I do my year or month end um, reconciliation, like I was mentioning. I make the the transfer for my checking to my savings, and it's available and ready right away. Having two separate accounts, we both know there's a lag of two or three you know, business days on that as well. So if you do realize that you're making, this doesn't happen very frequently for me, but, um, maybe they're like, I was making a one-time payment for my Roth IRA last year, maybe the year before that realized I didn't have $5,500 in my checking account and had to quickly transfer money from my savings to my checking, or I would have to, you know, cancel that transaction or give it a few more days for that all to happen. And then you also brought up overdraft protection as well. Yeah, I like overdraft protection on my accounts. Um, and we'll get into that a little bit more in the fee, the fee situation, but it's a good fallback in case I wasn't paying attention to how low my balance might be. Yeah. You, you make a really good point because I think in my current method, I'm so used to just having extra in the checking every month. Like it's always at, you know, two or three times monthly expenses that, I definitely don't have an overdraft in the back of my mind. And similar to you, I put every expense I can on a credit card, try to maximize those, those cash rewards. So I think I've got some safety nets in place right now that if I really did get to get more strict about it, like only keeping the amount I needed every month in checking, um, then, you know, I, I might need to be a little more planned. And it's something that I like trying to force myself to do. But yeah, I, I think you make a good point. And I'm still, when I set up the accounts, the ally high interest was like 2%. So it was a pretty significant yeah. difference. You know, COVID has significantly reduced that. So at this point, it's it's not as influential as it was when I set up the account. Don't get me wrong. I'm probably going to blow up my current plan <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and take the best of both worlds. Now, That's under- fair. having good management of cash flow um, and kind of understanding the banking world in general and where I can get some of the best of, of everything in. Um, like I was mentioning the checking features that I really, really want and the, um, interest rates for some of these online, um, high yield savings accounts is incredible. So I feel like I'm going to blow mine up <laughs> and, and this argument's yeah. going to be irrelevant for me, but something I put out there for other people to consider, if you really do want to simplify your banking process, it might be better just yeah. to focus on, optimizing for one bank and getting kind of like the best value you can get out of a checking and a savings account, knowing that you might be letting out, you know, 
a fraction of a percentage point for a different um, interest-bearing account, or you might not have this one feature that isn't critical, but would be a nice to have. But you also get the simplicity of only needing to remember one login, making easy, yeah. easy transfers, um, having maybe a little bit stronger relationship with the bank as well, knowing that all of your products reside there. You might have a stronger case whenever it's time to pull out an auto loan or a mortgage or something like that as well. Yeah. Um, you know, those are some things to consider and and might be something that that you want to discuss or think about a little bit further before you go and and you know go two separate routes on both checking and savings. Yeah, I think you make a really good point because I'm thinking about folks who might actually be drawn toward credit unions. Uh, the, the more we talk about it, you know, that could be a good place for someone to, to keep everything all in one place. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about that, but, you know, credit unions can typically offer more of a mom shop feel, right, for your, your local area, um, but also offer you some of the great benefits like high, high yield savings accounts. So if that's something that you're really drawn to and you like that one-stop shop, then yeah, it makes sense to keep it all in one place. And like we talked about the interest rates these days, both between accounts um, and accounts at different institutions, they're pretty much the same. So at that point, you really need to start thinking about the features, the convenience, the flexibility, um, the bells and whistles that really make sense for you. Krista, anything else you think we need to cover here in this opening act? There's one thing, Justin, I'd like to understand for you. So what's your bottom line on money market and CD accounts? As of right now, and yeah. once again, I'm going to put a caveat, uh, November of 2021, I am not interested in putting a whole lot of thoughts or exploration into money market accounts or CDs. Got it. Okay. That's good to know because I know definitely more than I did about them, but I, I'm in the same boat. I don't think it's something that I'm personally going to explore. And for folks listening to, the, to this, I think at the end of the day, you need to figure out what you need for checking and what you need for savings. And if you can get those two things figured out, then you're in a really good spot when it comes to picking your bank. Agreed. Super excited to jump into next week's episode. The main event, we're really got to get into the nuts and bolts of choosing a bank that fits for your lifestyle. And that will be a part one, part two. So looking forward to talking to you next week, Krista. Awesome. See you at the show. Hey, you made it. I hope you learned something new. If you want to hear more, hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'd love to hear from you. Find us on Instagram at ReadyToRoth. Also, head over to ReadyToRoth.com to find show notes, sign up for our newsletter, and more. Until next time.